Welcome to the Artichoke Heart Podcast, peeling back the layers to get to the heart of what really matters with your hosts, Maggie Butterfield, Ruth Harris, and Gretchen Peters. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to the Artichoke Heart Podcast. Today, we are peeling back the layers to get to the heart of what really matters on the topic of teen ministry. So we are going to be talking all about teenagers and what it's like to minister to that age group. And I'm Gretchen Peters, and my husband Jason Peters is helping host today. Thank you. And we have our special guests, Chris and Jessica Drew with us. How you doing? Hello. (laughs) Welcome back, guys. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you guys for being here. So you guys have started a teen ministry called The Gathering, and you started that, what, about... A year, year and a half ago? A little over a year ago. I think it was a year in July, June or July. Awesome. Yeah, that basically is about a year and a half. Okay, so so tell us a little bit. What is the Gathering Ministry? So the Gathering Ministry um, is actually, it's underneath um, our actual organization that we've started called Under the Sun Ministries. Um, But the Gathering specifically is designed for teenagers uh, in our community that uh, are just, it, it was specifically started during a time when gathering was not the popular thing, uh, which is one of the reasons why we titled it The Gathering, because we were gathering at a time that we really uh, were encouraged not to gather. Um, and that was our heart at the time, as we knew that teens needed a spot, needed a place to be able to get together and not just have fellowship, but to truly have a new encounter with God I really love that. Just the heart of that. There has been, I think, a lot of talk lately about teenagers and isolation and added depression because of it. So you guys really saw the need for teenagers to have that, to be able to come together, to not be isolated, but to have each other and to have you guys. We started with having all these teenage daughters. There's five of them. Um, out of 11 children total. And we saw that they weren't the only ones that were working on building true relationships and actually going deeper, not a surface level walk with Jesus, but they wanted to go deep. They wanted to be real. And we wanted to start seeing them take more ownership and it be a personal walk with the Lord. And um, taking part in ministry very personally to themselves. And so as we were praying and talking about what we could do with that walk with our teenagers, we just could see a need for that coming together, actually learning to relate to each other, getting through hard things with friends and in real relationships and not just dropping each other or start gossiping, but actually learning how to work through those things and remain friends and, and just, and keep going. And then the other part of that was when you're working together in a ministry and you are praying together and worshiping together, um, everybody's going to have a downtime and everybody needs someone else mm-hmm. to lift them up at, a, mm-hmm. at times. And, you know, the, the Bible talks about a three chord strand is not easily broken. And 
there's some workers and one falls and when someone else is there to lift them up, they're going to be able mm -hmm. to get out of that. And, yeah. and that is like the heart of that area of the ministry is teaching them to lift each other up and to truly be there for each other through their, through the ones when they're having a darker or harder time, because we're all going to go through it. And we mm -hmm. all need that fellowship and that community. And so we were seeing a struggle with a lot of kids to have that real true relationship um, with another peer or group mm -hmm. of peers that didn't just fall apart mm -hmm. when something was a struggle. Well, I, I was just thinking, I think with social media being what it is, teenage years look a lot different than they did when we were teens. And so I feel like when you look at it now, I think less of them know how to have strong relationships. They, they've kind of learned how to have the texting relationships mm -hmm. yeah. or those kind of things, but not maybe get as deep with each other to really be able to be there for each other. Yeah, most definitely. I think in a, in a day and age where we have more opportunities and more tools for communication than we ever have in any other lifetime, our teens have found it to be very hard to communicate appropriately or to communicate at all. So I think that's a really good point. And that's kind of one of those things that we are really trying to dive in on. Yeah, and even communication, not just between themselves, but communication with God and the Holy Spirit. Mm. And that's one of the things that we dive into is that prayer time is super important. So we're teaching these teens or the Holy Spirit is teaching these teens that prayer is not just something that we do when we eat food or when we go to bed at night, that prayer is a constant communication with God. It's a constant uh, connection that you have with God anytime you need it, anytime you want it. Um, and we're, we're trying to teach those teens that there is power behind their words uh, because of what their connection is with God, what their connection is with Jesus Christ. Uh, they can make things happen with their prayer. That is mm -hmm. wonderful. Okay. So, so give me a little bit of a model of what, what does the gathering look like? How often do you meet? What, what all goes on at a gathering? So generally speaking, um, you know, there's, it, I, well, let me start here. I always like to say um, the gathering is a structured yet unstructured setting. And the reason for that is because, yes, we have, we have food, we eat dinner together, we have fellowship, uh, we have prayer time, we have praise and worship, we have a small study, uh, but none of it is expected to happen exactly the same way every single time. So it's never going to be the same. It's never going to be, uh, you know, ABC. This is just how we do it because the best part about it is that we allow the Holy Spirit to speak and we allow the Holy Spirit to move. So if one day, one gathering, you know, we're going to have uh, the fellowship and then, you know, we get into praise and worship and praise and worship lasts for, you know, an hour and a half or an hour, then that's what's going to happen. Uh, if one time, you know, we get in and we have prayer groups and they just take, they take most of the time up then that's what's going to happen. Uh, we want to make sure that we don't stifle the Holy Spirit or try to uh, move things or shift things how we see, we deem necessary. Um, but like I said, generally speaking, we still always incorporate uh, those types of things into each uh, gathering setting. Uh, outside of that, we've been doing some extra activities and extra things, um, which we'll touch on here in a little bit about uh, men's Bible study that we're doing. Um, and there's going to be some upcoming things for the teen girls as well. So uh, there's, uh, and as well, we've uh, touched base with a team called YWAM out of Kansas City and had them uh, come down a couple of times, which has been absolutely amazing. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty amazing thing. And just to allow the Holy Spirit to continue to move how he needs to is the, the biggest part about it. 
Well, I love what you said. So you, you've got time doing so many different things. Like you are eating together. So you're getting some of that connection that really only comes, I think, around a dinner table, kind of a feel of, of eating together and hanging out too, so that so that they also get that time that if they want to share more with each other on stuff, there's time for that. But there's lots of prayer, lots of helping each other and, and learning and growing. So how have you seen this uh, affecting teenagers walk with the Lord? How, how have they grown during this? We've seen a lot of, it, it kind of fluctuates as far as being totally regular attendees because be, because kids have their sports and mm-hmm. theater and all their different things. And so they will come every time they can for a season and then they might have a season that they can't. But we have noticed that as many, a, a lot of them have really grown to where they want to be there on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super powerful. Yeah. Um, I love seeing yes. that. And that's nothing that we're doing. Like, yeah, it's our house. And we said, let's do this. When God said, jump, we said, okay. And, um, we just, we see him doing the work in these kids and them wanting to grow in that and to be a part of helping each other grow. Mm -hmm. And, um, even we've just started doing some more, some more stuff with worship, um, and music and spontaneous worship which is something that we've never really been a part of in any church Mm -hmm. that we've gone to Mm -hmm. but um so spontaneous worship mean kind of like just whatever song hits you you go to like what does that fully mean so one of the young adult teenage guys he went through and graduated with ywam and he learned a lot about this idea of spontaneous worship and so they may play like some chords and just get in a very worshipful attitude. Mm-hmm. And right now they're just in a learning process of this. He's teaching it to um, the other teenagers who have mm-hmm. worship on their heart to kind of to lead and yeah. um, that it's really something that they feel called to. And so they'll work through these chords and kind of get music just going right now and maybe a drum beat. Um, but then if there's like a passage of scripture, they may even choose one passage of scripture and then go around and let people sing from that, mm. or they could rap from that or just speak out whatever they could just call out and start praying over whatever the Holy Spirit leads them to do. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah. one more step of worshiping and praising mm-hmm. by following yeah. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So spontaneous is about like, we are making a rigid program, mm-hmm. right. kind of like, Chris was saying about the whole gathering itself. And so they're just learning to open up their hearts and lead still, Mm -hmm. but lead with themselves being led by the Holy Spirit. And so it was our very first practice just a couple weeks ago. It's not, it's, it's different than a practice. We don't really know what to call it, but um, they all came together and started working through this and Mm -hmm. man, you just could not get them to like, break down the walls of fear oh. and just allow themselves to open their mouths and let sound come out without it being so 
Mm-hmm. Precise yeah, and controlled. Or it's kind of like they just saw us, it's kind of a safe zone to be yeah. like, I know exactly what song, what words, what I'm going to sing. I mean, yeah. you already, if you were up performing a song, you worry about like forgetting the words, yeah. but you're, you're like, no, you're just going to be between you and the Lord. So, mm-hmm. so a couple of our girls have practiced this a little bit and learned about it. And so they started some choruses from a passage and then it got really quiet for a bit. And even though we tried mm-hmm. to say, you know, put him on the spot kind of. And he said, let's kind of go around the circle. Just whatever God leads. Maybe it's just a couple of words or a word. And um, and that's it. And that's okay. And just, it was just taking a lot. And then all of a sudden, one of the girls just started all, all of these things. I think maybe she was quoting some scripture, uh, some other worship songs or hymns. Mm-hmm. And the Lord just kind of like provoked me to be like, I started, she was like saying the word sort of, and it just came out. Like I just was starting to sing. And as I did that, then like, not about me, but just the Lord, you know, just me Mm -hmm. allowing the Lord to start speaking through me. Then everyone just started singing and different words and different parts, but it sounded incredible. It was such a worshipful Mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and um it's an experience you can't recreate you can't right you can't and recreate it, that. It, it was just so neat um and all that to say like it was just a whole as a process and we're in a learning process of yes. what that means and yeah. and is that okay to kind of be unstructured in in mm-hmm. music too like we're just not yeah. used to that well and i think too i think it sounds totally different than what a lot of us are used to i think and, and nothing bad about church here, but it's structured. There's a structure to it. And most of us go as consumers. Um, but it sounds like what you're saying is they're, they're becoming more vulnerable around each other. Mm, they're opening yes. themselves up. They're allowing uh, God to work through them. And then I'm sure in that, you, you know, more of them are sharing their heart about their struggles and what they may be going through. Most definitely. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the awesome things about the unstructured setting is that, that the vulnerability, like you said it, Jason, uh, specifically is allowing their vulnerability to not necessarily make them feel like they are like they're, they have to be embarrassed or anything, but to allow them to really open up with not just each other, but with God, because when they, when they start to become vulnerable, uh, with each other, they're becoming more vulnerable with God, and they're allowing the, their hearts to, to really open up and to speak more from their heart, to do more from their heart, instead of it being just this surface level facade and a put on. Um, and, and that's really what it's all about. That's that's why we're doing the gathering is to mm-hmm. allow them to dive deeper. Well, there's a few thoughts I had there. One was, I mean, structure in a church service is kind of necessary to having a plan in some ways for people. So is that a part of what made you decide to have the gathering out of your house instead of out of a church? What 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 are your thoughts there? It was really completely separate. Like the Lord just told us this is what needs to be happening so that you can care for the growth and spiritual walk of your family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm with us trying to incorporate all these things with our great big mega family mm-hmm. <laughs> um we didn't fit in all of the little segments yeah. and check all the boxes that we would have to do to do that through a church um and so 
we just stepped into what the Lord was saying. Like mm -hmm. the Lord said, do it. Mm -hmm. And we, it took us some time to figure out what does that, what does this mean and how do we put these parts together? And so then we just did it. And mm -hmm. ever since then, we've just seen God show up and um, we've seen plenty of attack in the mm. process. Yeah. Um, but even when I like, when I feel like I'm just drained and is this really what God said? He always confirms. Yes. yes. You heard me. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm, I'm working here. And yeah. so it's always confirmed and it's just neat to see that we're just yeah. doing it really wasn't anything about how the church does yeah. it or doesn't do it. It was right. just that God said, this is what we want you to do. Mm -hmm. This is what I want you to do with you all's mm -hmm. family and kids to be able to minister to them. And that yeah. it has to do with something else. We knew we were supposed to be mm -hmm. opening and bringing in. We just didn't yeah. know at first what that so, was going to end up looking like. Something that I've seen too, that I think God, a lot of the times, will give you something very personal, like your own children, as the way to lead you into the ministry that you're supposed to be in, because you see your own needs and your own things. Like, I think so often we overcomplicate where God wants us. A lot of the times we're like, well, what would God have me do? What would God? And God's like, a lot of the times, like, it's right in front of you. What right. do you mean? This is what I've given exactly. you. And so it's really cool that you guys saw that, how this would starting kind of looking at your own family too and then what god would call you through that so yeah. very neat and i think for us there was a huge aspect to the lord wanted us to do ministry like a family mm. do family ministry mm -hmm. that is just a warm comforting setting that we can be able to just kind of just a different level yes. so mm -hmm. where a lot of churches have life groups and stuff i think it's kind of similar in some ways um mm -hmm. but you know i i've thought that it, it feels differently in some ways when you get invited to someone's home than to their church um sometimes with a church it still feels like well yeah they're inviting me there because they don't have to you know host right. like it's very personal when someone invites you to their home it is and so i think that probably for teenagers feels very comforting and like wow i'm going into their home they want me here and so a lot of beauty to that yeah. we hope so that's, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah that's our hope and even with that you know the lord put on my heart um at the point when we were hosting a life group to serve dinner Mm -hmm. And I've not always known what that was going to mm -hmm. look like. I still don't always because, mm -hmm. you know, budget can flex mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I know that I'm supposed to serve something mm -hmm. that will give sustenance. Yeah. And that is just a part of something. Some people are kind of like, well, why are you doing all that? Well, well, how can you afford that? Well, why don't you just not do that? <laughs> and I'm like, no, because that's a a piece yeah. that yeah, the Lord told us, told us. Yeah. to well, do. And well, and if God's told you to do that, I mean, then he's, he's going to provide, he's going to provide. And, and I'll just be real. You might get some people that come in just because they heard you opened your home and you got some food and then they hear the gospel or they get prayed yeah. over. And, and if that's where it starts, then so be it. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. And yeah. especially teen boys, if you'll feed them, yeah. they will yes. come. Yeah. They'll eat it. They are totally tested. Hey guys, you're in the front of the line. There's like a whole line. So maybe take one or two. <laughs> and you cook it, they will come. Yeah. Multiple yeah. times. So. <laughs>
Yeah. So, so what are some of the things that you're seeing teens really need prayer for and needing that extra stuff? Like how, how are you able to help teens? What are they needing? Oh man. Um, yeah, this is a loaded question just because like, you know, that there's a lot of hurt out there. There's a lot of pain out there. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, but you really don't understand how deep it is and how much it is. These teens, um, you know, just recently, you know, I, I started a series on porn with the men. Um, this is a huge need for a mm. ton of men to uh, receive freedom, from yeah, to receive freedom from that. And it, the series is actually called breaking free. Um, you know, the, the, uh, females in the group, also the teen girls, um, there's a lot of self, self, uh, worth, self-conscious, um, you know, just a lot of issues surrounding, uh, you know, their, uh, their physical appearance. Um, there's just so much going on mm -hmm. in their lives that, um, you know, maybe they don't realize is as deep as what it is. And a lot of times it stems from something else in their lives, but, uh, these teens need prayer for so, so much. And I don't think that they're all, many of them are not finding it. Um, they're not finding not just the prayer, they're not finding the positive encouragement in the areas that they should be in their lives. And uh, it's it's just a big thing. Do, do you think parents are not aware of everything that's maybe going on in their oh, I'm sure. heads and yeah. I'm sure that's one of the problems. Um, you know, the, the, the parents, whether it's uh, because they're just not connected enough or because they don't care, or, you know, hopefully it's not because they don't care. But <laughs> unfortunately, we live in a world that mm -hmm. that is the case sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, well, some some issues that we see as issues, not everyone even sees as an issue, mm -hmm. you know, even like the pornography thing. I mean, some parents are like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Like if my young, you know, son watches that, I mean, it's a crazy world. Like, well, not... I think the definition, what, what certain people would consider, you know, and I mean, Jesus said, you know, if you even look on a woman with lust, yes. you know, he's kind of setting that, that up as, Hey, this is God's standard mm -hmm. of, yeah. of that. But there's so many soft things that they start with seeing before it builds up. Yeah. And, you know, and then I do think a lot of parents are like, oh, well, my child, they would never look at that. Or oh, my child, they're not having problems on their phone. I, I think they're great. They're a trustworthy kid. Yeah. But a lot of parents just have no idea how young mm -hmm. and how how young the kids are actually are actually getting access mm -hmm. to pornography or any, you know, any similar images mm -hmm. um, that they don't realize are gripping their kids' hearts. Um, they don't realize how young it's happening. They don't realize that their kids can actually find the access to it, even if they think that they've mm -hmm. blocked it. And they think that their kids are going to come and talk to them mm -hmm. and let them know so that they can, like, hurry and fix whatever then, or, you know, mm -hmm. they can work through the problem and we're finding and hearing it's just not mm -hmm. it's not an open conversation yeah. and mm -hmm. even parents who are really working hard mm -hmm. they don't realize that things are still happening sometimes right. and they're in denial like you're saying some of them are just really mm -hmm. in denial um thinking and hoping that that they've got it all checked off well and i and i would say too i think that the the christian community has sometimes been a bad example uh, because you know you find these different ones whether they're pastors or different ones and this has been going on for 15 years and this and that's been occurring and so they look and see leaders in their life or people who are supposed to be esteemed 
and they're not being honest and they're not um, getting freedom or getting help. And so it becomes an issue that it's like, yeah, I'm ashamed of it, but I can't talk to anyone about it. Yes. Or where do I start? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, and, and even I think parents who do realize that their kids have some stuff like going on, like depression or anxiety stuff. I think they don't always know what the root cause was, what, what got it going, what's, or maybe how to deal with it. So it helps for them probably to feel like, well, there's this other family praying for my child too and pouring in and, and being there to support them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Support's huge. I mean, we're a community, we're a family and that's like, we need each other. And that's like one of the foundations, like we are in this together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and we find a range of that, just, you know, having no idea to very much wanting to be involved mm-hmm. and really trying to figure out what is going to work mm-hmm. for their kid. And I mean, they're, they're really pursuing, um, helping their child through those things. But the, as far as like their needs and their, the things that they need prayer for and what they're going through, I know as far as the girls, especially mm-hmm. we're constantly dealing with those, the body issues, the body mm-hmm. image issues and, um, and depression and even self-harm mm-hmm. when you just would have no idea that that's mm-hmm. the case. Right. And, um, it's hard. It's hard to see them struggling. Deep things. How do you guys emotionally deal with all, taking all of that on? Like, is is it hard to not feel all the feels like after all this prayer time? Like, you know. Well, and and two on that. I mean, do you ever have issues where you then have to maybe have a conversation with a parent or mm-hmm. something? You know, a kid comes in and reveals something that it's like I have to let the parent know because right. maybe they don't. Yeah, I know. I, I'll let you speak on the, the feels part, Jess, because I know that's something that's been like mm-hmm. very recent uh, that's been on your heart that's weighed you down. So, so I have um, lately, especially one person that has kind of helped navigate a, a couple certain situations, and um, that has helped me with all of those deep emotions and praying through and working on, you know, Mm-hmm. kind of dealing with some of those situations. Um, I know just practical wise, um, Chris was able to start scheduling himself to work the evening on Saturday. So it gave us a little bit of a recoup time. And so a lot of times kids hang out mm-hmm. later and it can be kind of just, it's really awesome, but then it's very, like, we were worn out by the end of the yeah. night. Yeah. So being able to sleep in a little bit and just take care of that recuperating. Mm-hmm. So we do have that. And then we also just, for ourselves, we just built in, like, okay, we're going to make Saturday mornings our date day. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he has to go to work, we'll get up as quick as we're able to. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just something silly whatever for right now, just because we're trying to learn how to have a date at this point, Mm because it's been so long since Mm -hmm. we've made sure to take that time. So that is kind of how we're dealing with things right now. Mm -hmm. And then we we just take time and talk through what we're hearing separately and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. some of it just kind of praying through and walking through it together. Yeah. Okay. One last question. Uh, what do you guys have planned ahead for your ministry? 
And, and, and then can you also kind of encourage people who are thinking about leading something for teens? Yeah. So like I said earlier um, in this is, is that the, the gathering is under, is kind of, it's under the umbrella of under the sun ministries. Um, Jessica and I, when we sat down last year, kind of tossed things around talking about really what we want our ministry to look like, what we want it to kind of uh, be like, and more importantly, what God is wanting out of our ministry. Um, and through a lot of prayer, you know, and, and just talking, we decided that under the sun, which is sun S O N, um, that really it's going to be allowing God to do what he wants with the ministry at any given time. Uh, so the teen ministry is where we're starting. We also do a younger kids gathering or a pre-teen pre gathering that we call. Um, but then also, uh, you know, involving teens in missions. So uh, providing, you know, uh, you know, some opportunities for mission, mission trips. Um, and at some time, it could also be providing the opportunity to go and uh, help the um, underprivileged or help the homeless. Uh, so it could be a homeless ministry. So, you know, it's overall the aspect of it and what we're what we're accomplishing through God is just really wherever he takes us. Um, that's really kind of the beauty in the ministry and, and what we're looking at is we didn't want uh, there were there were different names and things that we were thinking of calling and different ideas. And we didn't want to be bound by one specific thing. We uh, were trying to figure out how to put it together, like for the nonprofit aspect of it. And, you know, you've got to have all these like things lined out of who you are, what you're doing. And I'm like, well, how do we do that? I want to be able to do anything under the sun. And I was like, <laughs> what about that? <laughs> yeah. Ta -da. And so under the sun, perfect. God, you know, yes. like we're under him only mm -hmm. and we want to be able to do anything that he says for us to do. Yeah. So, and that's, that's kind of like, as far as our suggestion, our, our recommendation for anybody that's looking to start a ministry is allow God to speak through you. Uh, maybe there is something specific that he's wanting to, to do for you, to do with you. Uh, maybe it is missions, but but make sure that you're not confined to just one thing make sure, or one idea. Make sure you're open to that. And sometimes that idea that God is placing in you may feel uncomfortable. It may be something that's taking you out of your comfort zone. Uh, so just allow the Holy Spirit to work in it. And when things get hard, keep pressing forward. So it's really important to, in a practical sense, to have wisdom and realize that even when the enemy is trying to trip you up, there are things and people he has already tripped up. So some like special parameters that we've put in place, for example, is like have eyes on our little kids. We have things set up so that they're not going off with teenagers somewhere. And, you know, you just don't know what some of the teenagers have been through. So if you're doing ministry with kids or even other adults, you just don't know what other people have been through, what the enemy is working with, working in them and trying to trip them up on. So being wise in that, seeking wise counsel and learning how to make sure that you have safety things in place. And uh, just honestly, don't just wide openly trust your group of kids or teenagers that they're going to just be fine not completely supervised. Mm -hmm. um, they're growing. They're trying to figure things out. Um, if there's one small bad influence in the room, you, you just don't know what can um, transpire with something like that. So we've learned some, some little things and we're super thankful that it didn't affect a bigger group or affect our little kids or whatever. Um, 
you know, we've learned some things after the fact. And so it's taught us, okay, we need to be a little bit more on top mm -hmm. and know mm -hmm. what's going on on top of things yeah. and know what's going on. So um, just putting some of that out there just for wisdom. Oh, that's so awesome. Yes. I think those are the things that, you know, I think that we need more people having teens in their homes and being able to pray over them and take care of them, kind of having those other mom and dad figures who will also, also speak into their kids, but that you're right. You have to use wisdom whenever you have a bunch of teenagers or kids, what, how do we still keep this a safe place? Yeah. Um, I know I've worried about that sometimes with um, our teenagers, like whose house are they going to? Or is, is it really a safe place? Are, mm -hmm. are we sure that someone's watching them? And so, yeah. like you said, finding out how can we arrange this for safety is so smart. And, um, you know, I just so appreciate your guys's thoughts on teen ministry and how you guys have just let God lead you in that and how much you are pouring into teenagers and, and giving them just that safe, wonderful place to be and to grow in the Holy Spirit and to get to also be leaders. You're just doing such amazing things. And it's just a blessing to hear about that and to hear for others of us, how, how can we do that? How can we continue to also help teenagers and work and, and bless our kids? So I so appreciate your guys' time. Absolutely. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. And um, just we hope that everyone would go ahead and subscribe to The Artichoke Heart um, and that you would join us on Facebook in our group. And we just pray that you guys have a blessed week.